Welcome to Any Questions, a podcast about conception, pregnancy, and realistic motherhood. Follow along on my journey as I ask the questions we all have when it comes to getting pregnant, staying pregnant, and becoming parents. I'm not an expert and I have no experience. I'm going through it all just like you. So thanks for being here and let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to Any Questions, a podcast all about conception, fertility, and hopefully one day pregnancy and motherhood. Thank you for being here. Um, I have recently been a little bit more reflective on this whole journey and not just my fertility journey, but also uh, my podcasting journey. And I just really appreciate it. It's so cool to me that here I am, this um, you know, nobody, I'm not a doctor. Um, I'm not a fertility expert. I'm not even a mom. Um, and yet like hundreds of you are tuning in every episode. I was going to say thousands, but that'd be a stretch. Um, hundreds of you are tuning in every episode to hear from me. And I really appreciate it. That's uh, very sweet. And to, uh, continue to toot my own horn, I'm just going to read out this really lovely, um, feedback message that I got from a listener. It's short and sweet. Don't worry. Um, they said, thank you so much for your podcast. I've tried out so many other podcasts, but yours feels like one I can really relate to. I really appreciate how real you are, how matter of fact you are about the topics that you discuss. So thank you so much. You didn't leave your name, which is totally fine. Um, but thank you. That means the world to me. That's kind of the whole point of this podcast is just like a real person's real feelings going through real shit. Um, (laughs) but just going through this journey and not looking at it from the, um, you know, post lens of like, okay, yes, you know, I'm a mom of three. Let me try to look back and talk about this, but like really in the trenches going through it in the moment and also not that expert lens, but just like, you know, someone, a normal, regular person just asking questions, trying to figure it all out. So um, I appreciate that you are here and that you enjoy that. Thank you so much. If you want to leave me feedback, I always have a link in the show notes. It's just a Google form. Um, You can write out how you're feeling. You can share uh, episode suggestions. I love that. I got some uh, episode suggestions recently that will be coming up in future podcasts. Don't worry. Uh, They're really amazing. Just um, questions, thoughts, feelings. If you just want to share your story, you have nowhere else to put it. You can always do that. Uh, There's also a link if you want to leave me a voice memo. Um, I'm never going to play it on the podcast. Don't worry about that. You can be anonymous. You can uh, stumble over your words. No worries. Lord knows I do. And I sure as heck don't edit it out. So (laughs) no problem there, but you can always get in touch with me those ways. Um, I'm also thinking about adding a subscriber level. Um, I don't know. I feel like maybe this podcast is too small for that since there's only, you know, I think it's like something like on average 200 listeners per episode, anywhere from like 150 to 700 or something like that. I don't know how they run the numbers. I don't know if that's too small of an audience to try um, a subscriber level, but the podcasting platform I'm using, which is uh, it's like the Spotify podcasting uh, network, they keep pushing it and they're like, oh, you should try this. It's going to be so great. Um, so I'm thinking about it. I don't know if that's something anyone would be interested in. Um, if I do go through with that, it would, uh, not interfere with these free episodes. You would still get uh, a free episode from me every other week. Um, still tackling, you know, the latest (laughs) fertility question on my mind. Um, you could still send in episode ideas and feedback and all of that. None of that would change. I would probably just record extra episodes, um, on a paid level. And I'm thinking it would be pretty affordable, like five Canadian dollars a month 
Um, and if you're listening from the US, which the majority of you seem to be, um, your dollar is about to crush ours at the time of recording. Uh, same with if you're listening from the UK or Europe or anywhere else in the world, I'm sure your dollar is doing great. I think ours is <laughs> on the way down. So that might be a great time to commit to five Canadian dollars a month, because what's that going to be to you? Pennies. <laughs> Anyways, uh, if you have any thoughts on that, if you're like, yes, I would love a subscription level, like I really want more access to you. If you have any ideas for me, things like that, I would love to hear them. Again, you can fill out that form in my show notes. Um, I was thinking maybe doing like Q and A's, you could like write in with all of your questions and I could answer them, just give you feedback, give you thoughts. Again, I'm not an expert. I will do minimal research, but it'll be more just like my opinion. Um, I don't know if that would be of any interest. And then if this, um, you know, conception journey of mine, pregnancy journey ever, ever really kicks off, which spoiler alert has not yet, um, maybe the subscription level could be more like real time information um, if you wanted to know more uh, details about what's going on with me. Um, anyways, just an idea, throwing it out there. Um, but let's jump into the actual meek here. So the uh, episode title um, as of as of right now, as of recording, it could change by the time I upload this, is when is it time to stop trying to conceive naturally? Um, and that's kind of a <laughs> dramatic title, um, but I thought it was fitting. And it comes out of a listener, uh, a bit of feedback that I got from a listener a while back. And I've uh, talked about this listener a few times. They actually gave me a ton of great podcast episode ideas. So I've just been milking their message. Um, but at the end, and I'll read this bit out. Um, don't worry, she said that I could. Um, basically, she's saying that, um, you know, it seems like she's ovulating regularly, and her husband has had a semen analysis, and everything seems good. Um, you know, things seem normal. And that's, you know, great news, of course, but they still haven't had success. And she says, we're in a limbo period now of to trying to decide when to take the next step and get some help. And as soon as I read that, I was like nodding along so fiercely because that's kind of where my husband and I are at. We have done the tests. We have um, gotten some results that are not the most encouraging. I think it would actually be harder to get results that are like, oh yeah, everything's totally perfect because then I'd be even more confused. So I kind of understand a little bit about what's going on with us. And so I do think it's a bit easier for us to say, okay, yes, you know, we're ready to try to go for some help. We've been, you know, trying to conceive naturally since December, 2021. It's now March, 2023. We have taken tests. We know that there are some issues. We know that I am ovulating, um, at best, very irregularly, <laughs> at worst, not at all, who knows anymore. Um, so for us, I think it's a little bit easier to take that step, but it's still a huge step. And there are so many follow-up questions because just deciding to like go for some help, you know, that can be a huge financial burden. Um, that could be a huge time burden. And then it gets into, you know, just sort of your, I guess, um, more family planning questions, you know, how much, how much money, how much time, how much energy do you want to invest in this? Do you want to be doing, you know, three rounds of IVF at 20 grand per round implanting, you know, two to three, um, I was going to say eggs, but that's not the word embryos, <laughs> embryos each time. Like that's, there's a lot of questions before you come to that decision. Um, so it's, it's huge. It's a, it's a big thing. And we're sort of in that step right now. We have been in touch with a fertility clinic at the time of recording, um, submitted all of our tests. They've asked us to go for one more blood test, basically just to make sure, I think it's, um, 
just like a general like health panel blood test kind of thing nothing specific because we have already done a bunch of other tests and then after we uh, go for that blood test they will schedule an appointment for us to come into the office and actually talk to somebody which uh, i've griped i know about the free canadian healthcare system before and those of you listening uh mostly from the us uh who have to pay for all of these services you're probably shaking your head at me um, and I, again, I am so grateful for public health care. It's amazing, but it's wild to me that we've been on this journey for, you know, 15 months now. I started reaching out to my um, family doctor uh, 11 months now, and still we have never been in a room with someone. <laughs> All of our appointments have been over the phone, um, over email, just being sent like, okay, go do this test. Okay, come back. And we've never like got to sit down with someone and just go like, okay, what the heck is happening? Like, what are the options? What are we doing? What are these tests for? What's the point? <laughs> like, What's the next step? So I am very excited for that just to have the the opportunity to sit in a room with a doctor and my husband and look at all of these different test results and be like where do we go from here what's actually happening um can i stop googling <laughs> things that pop up so that's where we're at we um still have to schedule those blood tests they'll probably take a little while to get into the labs get our blood work done get the results get those back to the clinic and then schedule our actually our actual fertility appointment um, but of course i will keep you abreast of everything that is happening so stay tuned for that in a future podcast episode but now let's dive into uh this week's episode the actual meaty topic here All right, so how long should you try to conceive TTC naturally? Obviously, there is no set in stone date. Um, there is that medical advice of if you are under 35, um, you should try for a year. If you are over 35, you should try for six months. Um, and I think if it's you're over 40, you should just like go to the doctor right away. I'm pretty sure that's what the advice is. Um, basically saying like, hey, if you try for a year and you're under 35 and you're not pregnant by the end of the year, then it's time to reach out to your doctor. However, that's not like a set in stone number. There's quite a few different steps, I think, before you get there or after that one year has passed. So first of all, when we talk about like how long to try to conceive naturally going you know straight to okay it didn't work for me it's been a year great like line up my IVF appointment that's not exactly how it works there's quite a few steps in between um, those two things you know IVF might not even be the option at all so I think the first thing most people do um, unless it's just me <laughs> is before you try to consult a doctor you probably try to consult dr. Google um, you're googling symptoms you're googling um, I don't know everything. I don't even want to look at my Google search history over the last year um, in regards to fertility. I'm sure my questions are just totally off the wall. But I think if you are struggling to conceive or just, you know, are a little bit more in your head about conception, you have probably done a good Google search or two or three or 4,000 <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on. Um, saying things like, oh, you know, I, I've read we've got to track temperature or we've got to track uh, cervical fluid or we've got to you know, do it at this time of night and we've got to lie down in this position or things like that. Um, you may have found some supplements that you want to take based on different uh, Google searches. Perhaps you're reading books, perhaps you're listening to podcasts, uh, probably more informative ones than this one. So you're getting that information. And to me, that's kind of the first step. Um, I would say like the most 
quote unquote natural uh, way of conceiving is basically just like getting rid of any birth control and just sort of winging it. You know, you're going for it. If it happens, it happens. The next step is probably tracking. So that would be trying to track ovulation to try to time a conception a little bit better. And then the next step after that is probably doing a little bit more research. Maybe it's supplements, maybe it's uh, the next level of tracking. You're reading books. You're just, you're basically informing yourself a bit more about what's going on, what might be happening um, with you, but you're not quite at that. Let's go to the doctor stage yet. So in my opinion, again, just me, um, once you've done all that, you know, you've done Dr. Google, you've read the books, you've listened to the podcast, you've tried supplements. And like, this is not me telling you, you should do any of those things. Again, not an expert here. I'm not recommending any supplements or anything like that. Um, But once you've sort of exhausted your own resources, I think that's usually when people start to reach out to medical professionals. So whether that's a doctor or a fertility clinic or, you know, whatever avenue you're going. Um, And even when you get there, it's not necessarily like, okay, great, you haven't conceived like here, um, you know, here's the avenue, here's how it's going to happen. There are usually a number of tests, as I've shared on this podcast, um, lots of different tests that you would have to go through to figure out why you're not able to conceive, you know, what the issue might be um, with your biology, with your partners, with the combination of the two. Um, And then once you have those results, there's usually different solutions, right? So there might be medication that one or both of you can take. Um, There might be operations that you can do or procedures, you know, different things like that. I, again, am not an expert and have not experienced any of this next phase of the decision yet. Um, But it's not a straightforward path of just like, okay, having conceived, great. Like, let's line you up for IVF or IUIs or whatever it is. There's also the timing of, you know, when you might decide, hey, we're going to go with a different method to grow our family or not grow your family at all. I think that's also a completely valid approach to this. Um, It doesn't have to be medical intervention. I know a lot of um, couples sort of have the discussion of like, hey, if we're not able to do this by ourselves, either like, you know, that's that then that's it like we're gonna kind of take that as a sign of like okay it wasn't meant to be no problem or hey then we're gonna look into other avenues you know maybe fostering or adopting or things like that um so basically the tldr of the last four minutes is there is not one right way to sort of conceive i don't want to say unnaturally because that's not what i'm trying to say but you know what i mean Um, there's not one avenue to grow your family. There's not one avenue. If you decide to go through medical treatments, there's not even, um, you know, one avenue of medical treatments, I guess. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, a doctor. It doesn't have to be a fertility clinic. It could be acupuncture. It could be whatever, right? It's whatever works for you. So there's just a lot of options here and a lot of, you know, when you talk about, okay, when, when is it time? When is it time to do what? When is it time to see a doctor? When is it time to Google? When is it time to get a book? When is it time to look at medication versus a procedure versus an operation versus a lifestyle change? When is it time to look into other options for growing your family that aren't medical, that aren't, you know, conceiving or or getting pregnant or things like that? So there's just a lot of options. (laughs) Um, My husband and I always joke that we love an option. Um, I don't, that's only funny to the two of us. Um, but sometimes it's hard when there are so many options, but there really, there really are. So this question of when is actually a huge, like multi-layered question. 
I do think the answer to all of those whens, uh, you know, when to see a doctor, when to see Google, when to go on medicine, when to whatever, um, there really is not going to be one right time. So like I said earlier, um, the, you know, the medical advice, if you Google when to stop, you know, or when to, I don't want to say give up, gosh, all of these words sound so negative. Um, but when to, I guess, seek support in your fertility journey, um, the answer again is, uh, medically speaking, if you're under 35 years old and you haven't gotten pregnant within one year, or if you're over 35 years old and you haven't gotten pregnant within six months, that's the time to reach out. Um, this, I, I don't, I don't agree with, I think it's such a formulaic, response. And I understand that, um, you know, people are looking for a number, <laughs> they're looking for an actual hard and fast answer here. And that can be really helpful. Um, but I, I hate when I hear stories of people who say, you know, oh, we tried for six months, and we reached out to our doctor and they said, sorry, you're 29 years old, or you're 34 years old, sorry, can't help you try for another six months. And it's like, what? Like, if I was born, you know, a month earlier, um, and I was 35, you'd, you'd see me, but because I'm born in July instead of June, I don't get to, I have to keep trying for six months. That's so silly. Um, and especially when it's an issue where like, you know, something's up, right? Like, so for me, I have PCOS. I've talked about this tons on the podcast, but basically my cycles are super irregular. They're really, really long. I have all the other really fun PCOS symptoms like hair on my chin and acne and things like that. Um, so for me, I knew that was an issue. I knew that was something that I was dealing with. And I think the way that we were able to start having these fertility tests earlier, which thank goodness, because here we are 15 months later and we're still waiting on tests and trying to go for tests. So I'm, I'm so glad we started the process early. But I think the reason we were able to is because when I approached my doctor about it, I didn't come from a place of, hey, we're trying to get pregnant and we haven't gotten pregnant because she would have said, oh, how long have you been trying? And my answer would have been like three and a half months, four months. Um, and she would have said, okay, great, call me back when it's been a year. But instead I said, hey, I haven't had a, you know, a period in a really long time. I think I have PCOS, here are my symptoms. And she said, okay, great, like we're gonna send you for these tests kind of get the ball rolling, connect you with an OBGYN, blah, blah, blah. Um, so we were able to sort of get ahead of the eight ball, which I think is really helpful, especially if you're in a place where these sort of tests take a really long time <laughs> and it takes a while to get seen for things like this. And, you know, this is something you want. I don't think it matters if you are 26 or 29 or 35 or 45. Like if this is something you want and there are resources out there for you, definitely, definitely reach out to them, especially if you know something is happening. Um, if you're a person who, you know, ovulates every 28 days and things seem fine, sure, you know, give it a few months, maybe give it three months, give it six months, whatever. Um, but I don't think it hurts to reach out to a doctor, especially if you know something is up, you know, there's something wrong with your cycle or ovulation or your, your partner's stuff, whatever. Um, if you know something is up, start investigating uh, as, as soon as you feel comfortable sort of diving into that. It is very helpful to get ahead of that <laughs> if you're trying to conceive. Um, another point on timing is I think a lot of this is about conversations with yourself and with your partner. And you want to have those conversations early on as well as continue having them throughout this process. So I think it's helpful as you're starting your TTC journey or even before you start to sit down with your partner and sort of say, hey, you know, on average, they say this could take us a year. Given what I know about myself, so for me, I would say, you know, given that I have PCOS, given that I am, you know, overweight, whatever it is, 
this could take us longer. This could be a one-year process, a two-year process. This could be, you know, needing to go for medical help or looking at other ways to grow our family. What are your thoughts on that? Like, let, let's have this discussion and sort of talk, um, you know, with your partner. I would say have this conversation with yourself first. And then if you do have a partner and, you, you know, you're having a baby together, then bring them in. But really sit down with yourself and try to see what feels right. And this isn't saying that you need to have your decision set in stone. This isn't like, okay, lock it in. If we're not pregnant in, you know, two years, we are doing IVF for sure. It's just opening up that conversation and seeing where you're at. Like, hey, is, you know, IVF, IUI, other procedures, are those things that we're interested in? Um, Is adoption on the table? Is not having children on the table? Um, Would you, you know, would you want to make some lifestyle changes if that would help? Like what's, how much, you know, just ballpark, how much money would we want to spend on this? How much time do we want to spend on this? Um, I think having those conversations as you go is so, so important because things are going to change um, as the reality of each option becomes more and more clear. And especially as you figure out like what your situation is, I think it's really helpful. And even if you're one of those lucky couples where, you know, by the time my next episode comes out, you're already pregnant. Amazing. I think it's still so great to have those conversations because those are the conversations you're going to need to keep having, right? Like throughout your pregnancy, throughout raising children, like you're going to have to have conversations about, hey, do we want to have a nanny or put our kid in daycare? Or is one of us going to quit our jobs and stay home? Like these are big, big conversations. So I think it starts truly before you even start your conception journey. You start having these conversations about what, um, what that journey might look like for you. My dog's getting very excited about this journey. So apologies if you hear any dog noises in the background. Um, I also wanted to say in terms of timing, I think it really, it depends a lot on um, other factors. So obviously age is a huge one. Um, That's sort of the medical, uh, I don't want to say breaking point, but you know what I mean? Age is going to be a big one. If you are 25 and trying to conceive versus 45 and trying to conceive, that's going to change your timing. (laughs) A 25-year-old obviously has a lot more time. Um, You can, you know, not bother tracking things and just sort of see how it goes for a couple years, try to get pregnant. Whereas if you're 45, you you probably do want to seek some fertility support right away. Um, Your health would obviously be another consideration. I'm not making any sort of health judgments, but you know yourself, if you feel like you live a very healthy lifestyle, perhaps you think you have more time uh, fertility wise, whereas if not, maybe that's something you want to work on um, beforehand. Um, It obviously depends on what conditions you're dealing with. So if you are somebody who is not ovulating at all, you know, you haven't had a period in a very long time um, or your partner, um, sorry, you or your partner, you know, you're not uh, ovulating or you're not... um, producing semen or sperm or whatever it is, like that's obviously going to be a a very different situation than someone who like is ovulating, but you know, maybe their um, one phase of their cycle isn't as long as it should be to be able to support conception, you know, things like that. So you know what situations you're dealing with. If you've had any sort of um, illness or injury or anything like that, that would impact uh, fertility and conception. Obviously that's going to change your timing. Um, Obviously if you've been through something where you've had to, who knows, freeze your eggs or something like that. Like, you know, what's up, (laughs) you know, that you'll probably need to seek medical support sooner than some other people. It depends on your budget. As I said before, IVF, other procedures like that can be hugely expensive. Um, Not to mention, you know, couples where they need to get uh, donor sperm, donor eggs, have a surrogate to carry the baby, like all of that stuff really, really adds up. And those are huge conversations you need to have about, you know, how much money you're wanting to put into this process. And it's okay if there's a limit. If you say, you know what, we want a baby, but we don't $20,000 want a baby, or we don't $50,000 want a baby, or 
honestly something I'm leaning towards if I'm going to pay that much money. Um, I want it to be a sure thing, which is, oh, I don't even know if I should be saying that out loud on the podcast yet because I have other, oh, sorry, that was my dog. She's concerned about me saying this too. I have other moral quandaries <laughs> when it comes to adoption. There are things in my mind that I would want to really try to get to the bottom of if we decide to go down the route of adoption. Um, just some questions I have about, uh, you know, if it's the right choice for us, if it's the right choice for a child, um, not to say anything against anyone who has chosen to adopt or anyone who is adopted. Absolutely not. Um, but there are complexities to it, right? Like it's not as simple as just, you know, going to the store and buying a loaf of bread. It's a baby. It's huge. Um, but in my mind, if I'm going to pay, you know, $50,000, I want, I want to go through adoption. I want to know that I'm not paying that money unless I have the baby. Whereas IVF, it's just kind of a shot in the dark. Um, and again, I'm saying both of those things completely uneducated about both of those processes. But as far as I know, um, from family members and friends who have done it and, you know, what I've seen about it in the media, uh, there is no guarantee with IVF, right? Like you have to pay that money whether or not it works. And adoption, yes, there is money. You have to pay up front, of course, for things like, you know, um, like home studies and, and things like that. But my understanding, at least, is that you don't have to fork over, you know, the majority of the money, unless they actually do place a child with you. And again, there are so many more things. Um, I'm not I'm not trying to open up a debate here on IVF versus adoption. I'm just talking about uh, budgets and questions that would come up when you are talking about uh, how to use your fertility budget, you know, what makes the most sense for you and your family. Speaking of family, another consideration would be family planning. If you are planning to have one baby, two babies, three babies, 17 babies, obviously that's going to factor into your timing quite a bit. If you are, you know, 38 years old and you've always wanted three kids, yes, you might need to uh, work with, you know, medical support fertility specialists earlier because you will have a shorter window to have that many children. I think it also depends, and this is my last point here, I promise, <laughs> I'm rambling on. I think this question of timing, of when to seek support, when to look into, you know, medical intervention or just other avenues uh, to have a baby, I think it also really depends on the kind of person you are. So yes, it's about your age and your health and your, you know, whatever conditions you're dealing with and your budget and how many kids you want and your partner and things like that. But I think also you really just need to know yourself. Are you the kind of person who wants to leave it to chance? Are you happy to just you know, keep trying at home and see what happens. Maybe you'll track things, maybe not. Um, you have, you know, you, either you have time on your side or you feel like time's on your side, or even if time isn't on your side, you're kind of okay with that. And this is a perspective I really admire. I wish I was a little bit more, um, <laughs> I don't know, trusting, spontaneous, whatever this is. I think that's a very, hopefully, you know, stress-free way to go about conception of just sort of like, hey, we're going to try. And if it happens, it happens. I think that's kind of lovely to not have to take such a rigid uh, approach to this. And then obviously, of course, if you don't have the budget for, um, you know, other procedures or other avenues of growing your family, if you don't have the stomach for it, God knows I would not be interested in all of the um, medication that comes with something like IVF, like the shots in the stomach and stuff like that. Like, oh, I don't like needles. That would be very difficult for me. Um, I think this idea of just sort of trying it, you know, doing what you can at home. And if it works, it works. If not, 
If not, or, you know, change, you change the approach. I think that's, there's something kind of great about that. Um, but obviously that is not all of us. It's not me, that's for sure. <laughs> so perhaps you're a person who likes to have more answers. You want to have all the information in front of you and then decide what you want to do. This is probably the camp that I fall into. I like research. I like organization. I like information. I love having um, all of the options in front of me. Like my husband and I joke, we love an option. <laughs> um, so for me, like, you know, going through these tests and having the results and knowing, okay, this, you know, I have a high result here. That means that that's really helpful for me. That's something that my brain craves. I don't like uncertainty. I don't like when my expectations aren't managed, which obviously makes this whole process very difficult. Um, but I like having a lot of information and then trying to make a decision based on that information. Obviously, there are cons to this as well. It can be very expensive to find, uh, to get information. It can take a lot of time. And at the end of the day, there is no way to have 100% certainty on what's happening, what the best step is, what's going to happen, how you'll get pregnant, how likely it is to stick. Like there's just no way to know any of the, those answers 100%. So it can be kind of tough to realize that like there is a limit to what the data can do. Lastly, you might be a person who needs that certainty no matter what the cost. So that could be a situation where, you know, you're willing to put um, as much time or as much money into this process as possible because you, you know, you just, you know, you want it and you know, you want it a certain way. Um, and again, pros there. That's amazing. Very uh, goal-driven, very clear vision of where you want to go. Um, and then cons being, of course, sometimes it's not a matter of time or money. It's just, you know, things don't work out uh, the way you thought they would. So that's, that's tough. Um, lastly, I just want to wrap up here and say that if you're in this limbo position of not really knowing if it's time to... Um, to, you know, reach out for support, to try another method, to look into other options. I hope this episode was helpful. I know it was a little bit rambly, um, but I hope it was helpful on just giving you some ideas of uh, other things to look at. So knowing that, you know, when someone, when you do decide like, hey, we want help or, you know, we need some support here, there's not just one avenue. There are lots of different options, lots of different people you can go and see. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean surgery or circuits or, you know, whatever. There are lots of avenues. Um, understanding that there is no one right time for everyone. So it's okay if you want to take more time, want to take less time, whatever it is. And that it really does depend on so many factors like your age, like your health, like your conditions, like your budget, like your family planning, and then just on who you are as a person and what sort of atmosphere or environment you want to have, like what's going to help you and your partner sort of achieve your goals here, whether you do sort of want to take it day by day and just see what happens, whether you want to have all the information, whether you kind of just want to pursue one path and, and go for it, blinders on. There are pros and cons to all of those approaches. The um, decision that I have sort of come to that I, th I think is helpful and actually isn't something we've done. It's just me um, you know, say as I, or what is it? Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> I think it might help to have a date. So assuming that you are having these conversations with yourself, with your partner, with whoever you're planning to have a baby with, um, and you're talking about the different options and you're, you know, sort of looking into what makes sense for you. You're doing a lot of reflecting on, you know, the type of person you are, your situation. I think it helps to have a date. So you could say, you know, for us, based on our circumstances, based on, you know, what we know about our situation and, and our lives and whatever, if we're not pregnant by whatever, June 1st, like we are going to seek out 
resource A, which could be, who knows, a fertility specialist, an acupuncturist, a family doctor, uh, I don't know, an online course, whatever it is. I think eventually, you know, it might be a medical person if that's the way you're going. Um, I can't recommend a ton of online courses. (laughs) I would say probably speak to a medical professional here. Um, Or, you know, if we're not pregnant by June 1st, then we reach out to an adoption agency. Or if we're not pregnant by June 1st, um, we stop trying and like, and that's kind of it for us, whatever it is, right? I think it helps to have a date um, when you want to take another action. That way you're not having to make this decision every single day. Like you just agree on a date, say, hey, by this date, and it can be a small step, right? You can say, hey, by June 1st, we're going to fill out the form on the fertility clinic's website expressing interest. It doesn't have to be on June 1st, I'm going in for surgery or on June 1st, we are, you know, sending in our deposit to adopt a child or anything like that. It doesn't have to be drastic. It can be a really small step, but I think having that date sort of set takes the decision fatigue off of you. And while of course it's still going to be weighing heavy on your mind, I think it's helpful to sort of say like, okay, you know, I picked a date in the future. I picked the first step on the avenue I want to pursue right now. And like, let's just see what happens until then. Okay. I hope this episode was helpful. Thank you again for listening. Um, One more time, I do have those links in the show notes if you want to leave me any feedback, um, either in written form or in a voice memo. And if the idea of having a subscriber level to this podcast uh, for whatever you want that to be is of interest, please let me know, especially if you have any great ideas. I would really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Baby dust to all of us. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Any Questions, a podcast about conception, pregnancy, and realistic motherhood. If you liked hearing from me, I'd really appreciate it if you could do all the things. Follow, subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with a friend. Even if I wasn't able to answer all of your questions, I hope there's some relief in knowing you're not alone in asking them. Thanks so much for being here.